Thank you for tuning in. This is eLearning Explained. Are you concerned about the efficiency of eLearning? Or maybe you're unsure of how eLearning will take place during the MCO? Then all that you need through our eLearning Explained podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Lau. In this episode, we have Associate Professor Dr. Syed Palivan Sharif, Senior Lecturer and Head of Research for the Faculty of Business and Law at Taylor's University, to share with us what goes behind planning a successful live e-learning class, adapting to our current situation, and the feedback from his students. I hope you're all ready for some exclusive insights. So to start us off, could you share with us how e-learning has been conducted in your classes? What are some of the differences between learning before the MCO and right now? Actually, uh, e-learning is not something new in Taylor's University. We have been using technology since years ago. Uh, For example, students at any time, anywhere, they had access to online materials such as online quizzes, pre-recorded videos, notes, slides, podcasts, and so on. Um, but before the MCO, all these online learning or um, e-learning materials were just um, like a supplement support to the main delivery mode, which was face-to-face. But after the MCO, this e-learning became the main mode delivery of courses. So now we have live sessions. These live sessions allow us to have real-time virtual interactions with our students. Oh, wow, that's actually pretty cool. So could you share with us the results from your classes now that it has more interpersonal interaction and now that it's also used as a main mode of delivery as compared to when it was used as a supplementary before the MCO? So um, I can share some of my observations with you. Um, the results of students' evaluation um, actually showed that students are extremely happy about my online classes. And this is interesting to me. For example, um, all students, including the shy ones, they feel more comfortable to talk in class, express their opinion, or raise any concern in online classes. And also, my students share with me that uh, the absence of visual cues uh, causes um, the lecturer to treat all the students in the same manner. So again, they feel more comfortable because on average, their satisfaction level is 92%, which is even higher than my face-to-face classes. Wow, and this is the response by the undergraduate, right? Yes, this is the response by undergrad. And the interesting thing is the students... uh, are from different schools because I'm teaching a large module with more than 300 students. They are from different backgrounds, different schools. Some of them, because I'm teaching finance, some of them even don't like finance. They don't like math, but still they are very happy about the online classes. So what was the response from the lecturers then now that we've heard a little bit of what the students' response was? I'm sure that most of you would be aware that these classes would go live and we're stepping away from e-learning as a supplement and using it as the main mode of delivering a lesson. So what was the response and maybe concerns among the lecturers? Um, To be honest, uh, the lecturers, I have talked to many of our lecturers, they appreciate online learning and they acknowledge that it can be more effective than face-to-face classes if it perform implemented well. But there is an issue. Actually, the 
um, teaching load, the workload of lecturers has increased significantly. So, for example, for uh, one of my live classes, the one with 300 plus students, 300 to 350 students, for two hours lecture, I have to spend three to four days to prepare the material. Actually, I have been using this subject for years, so I used to just go directly to class and start teaching. Now, for these two hours live session that I fully know, I totally know the material content, everything, I have to spend three to four days to prepare the uh, materials for the course. For example, um, I prepare five to ten short videos for each two hours lecture and uh, each video is around um, again five to ten minutes and uh, I prepare these videos in my studio at home and some of them if they are calculation questions I use a light for the studio so I'm not sure you have heard about light for the studio yeah yeah the light box studio yes so to be more attractive and more professional for the calculation questions, I have to use a Lightboard Studio. If it's theory-based questions, I use a software package that allows me to, cap to, to capture the screen and uh, my face in HD quality. And then I have to do some editing because I want to make a very nice um, video. So of course there should be editing and uh, I record my sound and uh, picture um, separately then I need to sync them and so this is um, just for preparing some videos and then I need to prepare some online activities um, for example online quizzes or some online games uh, because we have the chance for gamification in online classes and to engage the students we need to use these we need to include these activities in our class so um, usually in face-to-face -face classes in a large class like uh, three to five hundred students class uh, do you know how many percent attend the class in in a normal class in a normal no. class I, I don't know based on my um, based on my university experience maybe about uh, 60 70 yeah true so it depends on the quality of the lecture right so and the timing if it's 8 a.m in the morning so less number of students so uh, in a large class usually in my class based on my past experience usually 80 percent of students used to attend my class the face-to-face -face class right but now can you guess how many percent of students attend my live lecture well well i have seen your live lecture i would want to say 100 percent because it's like really good okay. in the in my last lecture 125 percent attended my lecture why, why is that why is that 125 <laughs> because they share the link with their friends their family members wow you know yeah because they found it exciting so they bring other people like you you were not my student but you watch actually you you didn't watch my live but many of them watch my live class wow right? yeah Another challenge is, for example, students in different countries may have limited access to course materials. For example, students in, let's say, China and Iran, uh, they are not able to um, use the material that they post on YouTube because YouTube and many other platforms are blocked in these countries, in China and Iran or in Yemen. Um, they have limited access to internet connection. So you brought up an interesting point there and I would like to delve a little bit more into it. 
And this is one of the recurring issues that has been brought up by a few lecturers and students as well. How is the issue of not being able to connect due to the location of the student or maybe issues on the connectivity being addressed? Mm -hmm. For Yemen, because they, um, one of my students, she contacted me and said that she cannot attend my live lecture because her she doesn't have a good internet connection. So what I did was I converted those high HD quality videos to lower quality videos and then I sent them to her. Uh, for students in China and Iran, uh, what I'm doing and I will start from this week is actually first of all they have access to the material on our platform. I mean our, our yeah uh, university platform. But for my YouTube lives, uh, what I'm doing is I will at the same time I will go live on several platforms. For example, in Iran um, they can um, use Instagram. Okay, so. Do you think e-learning has changed the learning pedagogy that we're all used to? And to take this question a step further, do you see e-learning changing the way we teach once the MCO is completely lifted, when we're all back to face-to-face -to -face learning and adapting to this new norm? Um, I'm not sure what will happen later this year or when the MCO will be lifted, but what I personally learned from this practice was teaching and learning online, online teaching and learning can be really effective, right? So uh, my idea is to integrate, uh, include online learning and online classes in my modules later, even if the MCO is lifted. All right, to wrap up our interview, do you have any advice for our listeners that are concerned about e-learning and this whole situation where we're forced to go digital? Mm -hmm. uh, okay, an advice. My advice is to attend my live class. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes aside, I think that's a pretty good piece of advice because I learned so much from it and I wasn't even watching the live <laughs> lectures. Actually, it's not only my class. In this interview, I use many examples of my classes. The reason is because I know what I'm doing in my class. But I have many colleagues that are doing much better than me. I used my classes as an example because I'm fully aware what I'm doing in my class. But of course, yeah, other um, lecturers, my colleagues in Taylor's University, they're also doing a very good job. And um, so attending these live classes um, is my advice. Then they will know that, okay, it's really, maybe it's really good. Because many of the concerns are because Without trying it, we are again thinking too much about it. That was Associate Professor Dr. Syed Palevan Sharif, Senior Lecturer and Head of Research for the Faculty of Business and Law at Taylor's University. I'm your host, Aileen Lau, signing off from eLearning Explained, the podcast that brings everything you need to know about eLearning at Taylor's. Stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks for listening.